Well, happy Friday, TGIF and all that. And welcome to Newsmax Daily for 8-18-2023. It is the third of four Fridays this month, and it's National Couples Day, celebrating the bond, the relationship, the commitment, the love that you have with someone else, sort of like Valentine's Day, but without as much hoopla. On the food calendar, perfect for a Friday, today is National Fajita Day. Man, that already sounds good. History shows that the dish known today as fajitas was created around 1940-ish by Mexican ranch workers in the Texas Rio Grande Valley who were often paid for their work with meat. And it wasn't really until the 1960s or so, 70s, that fajitas really started showing up on restaurant menus. So there you go. Take the other half of your couple out for fajitas and celebrate. Anyone looking to buy a home isn't celebrating, I can tell you that. According to Freddie Mac, mortgage interest rates are now the highest that they have been in more than 20 years, 7.1% as of this morning, 7.09 to be exact, the highest since April of 2002 and more than double, more than double of what they were just two years ago. So happy house hunting. Bidenomics is about building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down. Freddie Mac says the monthly payment on a $350,000 home, which is hard to find these days, assuming you put 20% down, which is 70 grand, would be roughly $1,900 a month compared to 1160 back in 2021. But Tony, what about the savings rates? They have gone up a lot too. Yes, savings rates are way up. So if you do have some money, at least you can make some money on it. Maybe 5%, while bank credit cards are charging like 25, 26, and 27%. And apparently, not that many people have that much money. A new survey shows parents across the United States of America are struggling to pay for the skyrocketing cost of, guess what, school supplies. It's back to school time. 58% think that school supplies have become more expensive because everything has. 33% of us say that, uh, you know, we're uh, charging the entire cost of the school supplies on their credit cards, even though we're already at record credit card debt in the United States today. And 70% of us say that uh, most of their back-to-school budget is spent on tech items, you know, high-techy things. I think everybody needs a laptop or something like that in school these days. Uh, even the liberal, lefty, crazy Los Angeles Times has a report this week saying that families are spending an average of $890 on back-to-school items. That's per kid, you know, that's uh, crayons, you got your pens, uh, your pencils, uh, pencil sharpeners, I assume. 18% more than a year ago, but pay no attention. They keep telling us that uh, uh, inflation is down and everything's great. And uh, binders, folders up 48%, uh, and uh, the price of paper is up uh, 80%. I think that's probably affecting the economy more broadly, too. That is Chris Plant, host of The Right Squad on Newsmax. I think that one of the things that, again, we have to talk about is when we're talking about the the Biden policies coming out of two million dollar, excuse me, two million job net loss to creating 13 million jobs and good paying union jobs and and also getting record unemployment month after month after month and falling inflation at this point. I think that's what the president is referring to now in every single category uh, have prices dropped 
No, because we do still have a war in Ukraine. We still do have supply chain issues. We still do have those things. Um, but uh, overall, parents are working. That's one of the, the big measures that we've always measured our economy by. And uh, I think that there are lots of people who will take notice to that. Also, wages, particularly among low-wage people, are actually rising. Uh, so I think talking that's points from the White House, Jason. That's amazing stuff because uh, all most, that you outline right there. I mean, you know, that's Bidenomics. That's what the White House is trying to sell right now. And honestly, I hope they keep touting it because Americans are feeling the pain. They're feeling it at the gas pump. They're feeling it at the grocery store. They're feeling it with back to school. That's what matters. It's not what Joe Biden says to them that, hey, everything's great. You know, uh, wages are up. No, but they're not feeling it. That's the hard part, Jason. <laughs> That's co-host Jen Pellegrino and Democrat political advisor Jason Nichols, part of the Right Squad team. Check it out weeknights at 9 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. The other talking point from the White House, as you know, is that Joe was never involved in his son's foreign business dealings and hasn't done anything wrong. Well, we learned yesterday that the latest findings from the House Oversight Committee alleged that then-Vice President Joe Biden was using an alias email account, or maybe multiple alias email accounts. Why would he do that? And we begin with that major development in the House Oversight Committee's investigation into the Biden family business dealings. Chairman James Comer demanding that the National Archives hand over unredacted emails from then-Vice President Biden using a pseudonym and copying in, at times, only his son Hunter. This is one of several new questions coming in today in this letter requested from James Comer. Comer's request covering records using Joe Biden's other known pseudonyms, Robert Peters, Robin Ware, and J.R beware and any document or correspondence involving Hunter Biden and his former business associates. Newsmax host Bianca De La Garza on her new show Newsline and Laura Trump spoke about it with Rob Schmidt. Laura, I've got the same question for you. Uh, it's the million dollar question of the day. Why would a vice president of the United States need multiple aliases? Well, it is the million dollar question. I do not have any answers for that. Uh, why you would call yourself Robert L. Peters, Robin Ware, J.R.B. Ware, I don't know. Why you would have multiple email addresses to send, receive, and forward government correspondence. Um, obviously, I heard you talk to the previous guest. I can't think of any good reason someone would do such a thing. I can only think of very nefarious, shady reasons People yeah. would do such a thing. And I think that that's the problem here, Rob. I think we've all known what has occurred. We just haven't had full proof of it until now. We know Joe Biden lied when he said that he had no business dealings with his son because we have proof. We have proof he had dinners with these people, coffee with these people. He spoke to these people. Devin Archer told us about the conversations on the phone Joe Biden had with all these people. We know Joe Biden has been lying about quite a bit when it comes to all of these business dealings. And Rob, you got to put them in air quotes because we know what the family business is. It's influence peddling, much yeah. different than our family, the Trump family. We have real estate all over the world, golf courses all over the world. And yet we went so far when my father-in-law was in office to pay the United States Treasury for even a cocktail that a foreign entity got at a Trump property because we didn't want even the mm -hmm. faintest hint of impropriety. And to see this, it's disgusting, it stinks, and it is so blatantly obvious what's been going on here. 
For more legal perspective on what exactly is going on, here we go to former New Jersey Judge Andrew Napolitano on American Agenda. You know, a lot of times uh, members of the executive branch do things that uh, weren't envisioned to require a law. So what would this indicate that Mr. Biden, if he did what's alleged here, what would the violation be? What would he be doing that's uh, that's certainly unethical, but is there something illegal? You're talking about the the aliases and the Gmail account. Correct. Right. Well, this would be the almost identical as Mrs. Clinton. It's taking property of the government uh, out of a government secure uh, facility. So if it's a simple, let's have lunch this afternoon, well, he can do that. But if it's, uh, what is my schedule? The the, pre- the vice president's schedule is in the confidential level of confidential secret and top secret. So it is criminal to take that and put it into a non-secure uh, uh, Gmail account. So uh, the, the House Republicans would need to know what other emails are in there and what is the level of protection that those emails had at the time, confidential, secret, or top secret. This is potentially nothing, or it is potentially extremely explosive, depending upon what documents he received on that alias and what documents he sent from the alias. Former New Jersey Judge Andrew Napolitano, and then there was this from Arizona's Democrat Governor Katie Hobbs. I um, have been an advocate for holding folks involved in uh, trying to overturn the will of the voters of the, in the 2020 election accountable, and this um, is part of that. Accountability is critical. I don't think we're going to change direction until there's accountability at the top level, and this is an important step forward that I think should move forward um, uh, and play out in the legal process. She doesn't think we can move forward without accountability. Is she talking about the Bidens? No, she's talking about election interference in Arizona. Back to Rob Schmidt and Laura Trump. She says she's going, I mean, she's putting it all down. I mean, they're saying, what, a fifth indictment, uh, threatening that from a governor. Um, she tried to walk that back later, but I mean, it's, it's so clearly political. Yeah, well, here you are. I mean, everybody, when we found out about this earlier today, said, well, I guess cue Donald Trump's next indictment, because, Rob, if you look at the pattern of things and the way they've played out, every time there is some big breaking news about Joe and Hunter Biden and their shady business dealings and the way they've been selling out this country for decades, all of a sudden you have another Donald Trump indictment. So no surprise to hear this sort of thing. But it is all political and everyone sees that and all they're doing on the left is hurting themselves and unfortunately they're hurting this country every single time there is another indictment against donald trump it takes people's trust even further away from our department of justice that is not what we need in this country right now we need equal application of the laws and at one time in this country journalists used to hold people accountable they used to be a, a bit of a check and balance for our elected leaders and look at the the way they have fallen down on the job so utterly terrible what they have done to this country they are so ravenous when it comes to donald trump and spinning and skewing him any possible way they possibly can and then you look on the other side and it's kind of crickets about the joe biden stuff but yes not surprising to hear there may be another indictment Laura Trump on Rob Schmidt tonight, weeknights at 7 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Now, keep in mind, 
that in the 247-year history of our country, from George Washington to Warren Harding's teapot to Harry Truman to Nixon and Watergate, no former president has ever been indicted. And in the past several months, Donald Trump has been indicted four times. All right, so it's Friday. Next week is the first GOP primary debate, which is way too early in my opinion. But let's go back to Bianca de la Garza. Caroline, okay, so you are with Make America Great Again, Inc. I want to get your reaction to something that just came out. A new memo written by leaders of a pro-DeSantis super PAC has been uh, put out there by the New York Times. And the memo basically says, during this debate, uh, DeSantis should defend Trump. And it even puts in some strategy that he should go after Vivek Ramaswamy, calling him fake. And also, if Christie attacks Trump, that he should also uh, deflect on that. What do you think of this memo being sort of leaked here? And some strategy of what the DeSantis camp is thinking. It is very, very telling, and it essentially admits that Ron DeSantis's campaign is in full-down meltdown mode. It's been imploding since his failure to launch on Twitter spaces a few months ago. Ron DeSantis has burned through millions of dollars in his very wealthy donors' cash, and their only return on investment has been his decline in the polls. Uh, the poll itself admitted that he's down more than 20 points to President Trump in Iowa, a state that Ron DeSantis has been out on every cable news network saying they're going to win Iowa. He has a great ground game in Iowa. Uh, he's not making up the difference. In fact, he's failing to third place to Senator Tim Scott, and now he's in third place to Chris Christie in New Hampshire. The most uh, egregious part of this memo, in my humble opinion, uh -huh. was where they said that he should show emotion when talking about his family. Ron DeSantis is not likable. His advisors know that. They've had to remind That's him to be likable. That's something That's you can't that's Caroline Levitt with Make America Great Again Incorporated. DeSantis did make headlines in the Washington Post yesterday, calling him awkward, but also saying that many Americans can see themselves within Ron DeSantis. And as of now, it appears that Donald Trump will not be participating in next week's debate. Former Pennsylvania Senator and GOP presidential candidate Rick Santorum was also on Newsline. Even though he's not there physically, a lot of this will be a, a, a bit of the Trump show still, many say. Well, that's that's sort of the problem every candidate uh, running against Donald Trump has, which is he just dominates everything. And, and it'll be interesting to see whether the questions are uh, Trump related or whether they they stick to the issues. Uh, I, I suspect, given that uh, the, the moderators work for a network and, and that network wants to see good ratings, uh, and Trump drives ratings, so probably a, a big chunk of the debate will be about Donald Trump. That is not good news for uh, for the uh, for the other Republican candidates. As you, you as a candidate, uh, you you want to be able to talk about what what you want to do, your agenda, your you know contrast uh, between the other candidates, and not spend all your time talking about one particular candidate who's in the news all the time. So uh, it, it, Fox will drive a lot of this uh, th that narrative and. And we'll wait and see how they how they play it. Former presidential candidate and Senator Rick Santorum on Newsmax. The debate will be happening on August 23rd, which is Wednesday. It'll be on Fox. As of now, eight candidates have met the RNC's minimum standards for polling and donor support. Although only five of those eight have completed the final step by signing the RNC's loyalty pledge. The five are DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, and Doug Burgum. Donald Trump, 
Mike Pence and Chris Christie have also made the cut, obviously, but they have not signed the pledge as of yet. And we know, again, almost definitely, Donald Trump will not be participating. I'm sure Mike Pence and Chris Christie are hoping to participate, but so far they would have to sign the pledge to be able to do so. Meanwhile, President Biden is at Camp David today, where he has meetings with the President of the Republic of Korea and the Prime Minister of Japan, this before heading out to Reno, Nevada tonight for reasons not yet disclosed by the White House. The President is traveling to Nevada, and we don't exactly know why. This from the administration that vows to be the most transparent. Also in the news, of course, the search for victims continues in Hawaii, and people are still trying to get a grasp on the devastation there. And Southern California is now bracing for Hurricane Hillary, expected to reach Cat 4 status today and bring major flooding to Southern California over the weekend. Don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems like AT&T, Comcast, Spectrum, Xfinity, Fios, Dish, and more. It's also available on platforms like Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, Zumo, and others. I'm Tony Marino at Radio underscore Marino on X. Reach out or comment. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. Be sure to tell all your friends and be sure to check out some of the other great Newsmax podcasts available as well. Have a terrific and safe weekend. Keep the people of Hawaii in your prayers and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.